Well, hello, 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 everybody. It is time. It is time. It is time for the Outpouring Fellowship podcast. We're going to be talking Christmas today. Traditions, are they really biblical? Mm, spoiler alert. No. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll get into it. And then we'll also be talking about some changes moving forward. Um, but we'll deal with that later. Um, but yes, the, outpour- the Outpouring Fellowship podcast, it's the place for Jesus lovers who question the church. So, let's get the tidying up done. Welcome everybody. You can follow us on Rumble, on YouTube. Uh, find us online. Outpouring fellowship, outpouringecclesia.org. You can email either of us. You can listen on your favorite podcast app. Uh, find me on True Social. Well, find us on True Social, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, find me on Telegram. Find Caleb on Instagram. The music, as always, is Indie Folk Background by Caleb Productions. I think that covers it. I think so. All right. We mentioned our website, right? Yes, I did. You did. Okay. org. Yep. Um, so, yeah. Christmas. Hmm. We're coming up on it. Tis the season. Tis the season. It is. Uh, I hope everyone. Ha- oh, I hope everyone had a happy Thanksgiving. By the way, um, I know I did. I, 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 this, I would say Thanksgiving is probably one of the most, um, one of my favorite holidays because it's just about uh, fellowship and giving thanks. And, and as believers, we know who we're giving thanks to. We're not giving thanks to a computer. We're not giving thanks to a, uh, a, a, I don't know whatever it is that you're thankful for. Because oh again, when you're Lord. being thankful, right? <laughs> when I, because when you're being thankful, you're being thankful to someone in a sense it's it's Mm -hmm. uh, it's you're thankful but you're also thanking some somebody Mm -hmm. and we know as believers uh the god of abraham isaac and jacob um who sent his son jesus yeshua hamashiach to um give us new life and and bring us salvation we know who we're giving thanks to it's and it's him and only him and so it's always a good time of reflection and always a good time to reflect on history of why this was uh, uh, Thanksgiving was established. So and, and the food, it's always the food, too. And it's always a, that's always a, a benefit there. So it's, a, it's one of my favorite holidays. Um, but anyway, mm-hmm. uh, I hope everyone had a Thanksgiving, happy Thanksgiving. But now we are coming into this season and it's important that we talk about, you know, what what is what is Christmas? How did it, how did it come to be the way we know it today? And, and we'll, um, and I'll yeah, go for it, Matt. But before we sort of shred it a little bit, because we will. <laughs> <laughs> but before we do, um, the truth is that there's nothing wrong with tradition in and of itself. That's not the point of this. Mm-hmm. The point of this is getting down to the root of what's kind of behind it. What mm-hmm. has become is. A mixed bag. <laughs> a mixed uh, bag. That's interesting. That's an interesting word. I like it. In the, you know, in the last two hundred years, mm. it, like, if you look back in American history, 
like the founding fathers probably didn't really se celebrate Christmas. Because in Europe at that time, there was this thing called Bacchanalia, which was a celebration of Bacchus. And it was, and then there was Saturnalia. Mm, that's what I'm familiar with. Mm-hmm. And these things are celebrations of pagan deities. And Sorry, folks. It was really dark. Really dark. Very. Like, I mean, no joke dark, guys. Um, oh, yeah. Like, they were literally... The festival was like two weeks long. Saturnalia. If I remember right, and they—it was literally like the purge. People just lost their minds for like two weeks in December, and it's no wonder that the Puritans are like, "We're not doing that. <laughs> that is not a good idea. That does not celebrate yep. our Lord and Savior." Mm-hmm. Um. So, you know, you you have to wonder what's with the tree. You have to wonder what's up with so mu so much of the stuff that we associate with the holiday. Because mm -hmm. it really has nothing to do with a baby being born. Right. It has nothing to do with our king. It really doesn't. So you have to ask yourself, as we kind of dive through this, and hopefully that maybe we've given you an insight, and probably you are, probably already know a little bit that you have a little common sense that, yeah, this really isn't biblical, but we like it. But now you have to really ask yourself, okay, now who are you, uh, why are you doing this? Are you doing this for our king, or are you doing this for you? And that's a hard question. And it's always a hard question. <laughs> um... Yeah, we we really have to re-evaluate pretty much everything mm -hmm. as we go through this process of shedding what needs to be shed. We need to decide what needs to be shed. And, you know, as long as you are conscious of what's behind the tradition, if you're okay with that, keep celebrating. If not, then maybe you need to switch it up. Maybe you need mm -hmm. to figure out something different. Um, there are various other saints days that you could take a look at if you really want to give gifts during December or early January. Because if you look at more Eastern traditions, the Orthodox, their Christmas is our epiphany. And sorry if you're not super familiar with the liturgical calendar. We're going to be referring to it a lot. So what is the liturgical calendar? That's the church calendar. So there are seasons and holidays. And if you go all the way back into Roman Catholicism, you've got saints days where they observe and remember and venerate. That's a... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a thing 
um, various people who are now on the cloud are witnesses. Okay. Um, so, and there's nothing wrong with remembering those who have gone before. No. We were going to the As long as that's all you're doing. Right. Right. As long as you're not like, pray for me, St. Patrick. No, that's not the point. <laughs> what did he do while he was here? Why are we remembering him? Yeah. And then go, okay, Holy Spirit, what from this saint's life do I need to bring into mind? Right. It's the same thing we do with the Bible. With all the, with all the characters that are in the Bible, especially the judges, the prophets, uh, every, every, every leader that, you know, that God used, uh, which, of course, had their pros and their cons, as we do we all. So it's important that what can we what can we learn from the scripture? That's the whole point of remembering the stories of way back when of how God uses people. But how, well, how can we be inspired by that? And what can we you know learn from their mistakes? That's all point. Absolutely. I mean, the bottom line today is we want you guys to be aware of what and why you're celebrating. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you, the date of December 25th has nothing to do with Jesus. It has mm. to do with Sol Invictus. You're like, wait, what's that? The, in the Invincible Sun. That was the deity that Constantine worshipped for most of his life. Yep. This has been around for a long time. And the idea, and even before he was called Sol Invictus, this is Tammuz from Babylon, from Assyria. Um, and his story was very similar to that of Jesus. Um, as was the story of Ra, if I recall correctly. That was no, maybe I'm thinking of Osiris. Anyway, all these deities are very similar in terms of their mythologies. Mm. So you got to wonder if they're actually talking about the same thing. But I digress. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's it gets pretty deep pretty fast. And as believers in Jesus, we need to understand where these traditions came from and how it doesn't really have anything to do with Jesus. So if we're, if we think that we're worshiping Jesus by observing these holidays, we need to reevaluate that. Mm -hmm. um, so like we said earlier, in Europe by Enlightenment era, so 17th, 18th centuries, Saturnalia, like there was a deep interest in sort of reviving the Romanic 
understandings of the world, the classical understandings of the world at this time. That was part of what the Renaissance was. It was a rebirth of Greco-Roman Greco-Roman knowledge in Europe because according to the narrative through you know the Middle Ages that was lost. Whether that's necessarily true or not, uh, who knows. But that's the narrative. So, and there were pockets of people, even in these supposedly Christianized areas in Europe, that were still pagans, like out and out. Um, Still sacrificing to idols and all sorts of stuff. Like, this is something that I just recently realized. Um... There's a channel I came across on BitChute talking about this sort of stuff, and I'm like, wow. And, like, the church legitimately tried to stomp it out. Mm. And for good reason, I suppose. But at the same time, some of the ones weren't really, I, I would call them neutral. It's not like they were uh, having orgies or anything at these <laughs> at these shrines. That's beside the point, though. So, Saturnalia. It was a two-week festival in December, capped off by the festival to Sol Invictus, which was December 25th, a few days after the solstice. Because they figured that that was when the sun was starting to get stronger again, is the idea. That's why they picked that date. Mm-hmm. Because ultimately they were worshipping the sun. That's S-U-N, not S-O-N. Mm-hmm. So, and like I said earlier, it was kind of like the purge they were doing all sorts of raunchy things. Not all that different from modern Europe, actually. (laughs) Like, present day. Europe is a mess. Um, Which is ironic, because it's supposedly the seat of Christendom, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. See how effective that was. Uh Uh-huh. And... Like we've talked about many times over the last almost a year we've been doing this podcast, the effectiveness of Christianization in Europe especially, it's skin deep. Um, Because when the state stepped in, when the state decided, oh, this Christian thing it makes sense to unify, to try to unify the, the empire so that everybody has the same basic beliefs. So we don't have pagans fighting against Jews, fighting against Christians, mm-hmm. fighting against Zoroastrians. We're Christian, okay? And that's the milieu that Nicaea came out of, which was all compromise 
Like, we'd lift up the nice, the Council of Nicaea as being something so amazing. But ultimately, very few of the bishops who were involved were actually happy with how it turned out. But they had to accept it because Constantine's like, um, guys, let's get this straight, okay? I don't really understand it, but you're going to get it straight, and we're going to all believe the same thing. <clears throat> that is where we started going wrong. That is where... Ecclesia became church. Mm -hmm. That's where living relationship became supplanted with statist religion. It's amazing how we just talk about this and it goes and it just leads back to the Ecclesia. How mm -hmm. the enemy the enemy used what seemed like a good thing. Me and my were kinda of talking before we uh we started uh the recording and all that. Um we were talking about how God is God's not gonna into good things, people. He's into godly things. He's into his ways because his ways are the best. And we all have to learn that. So it's like, it's, it's with this situation. On one hand, you get one. a good thing. Unity, right? On the other, you've got a God thing, which is genuine unity based in love. The good thing is state-enforced unity because we're all marching in lockstep and we're all unanimous, right? Mm. No. That's a problem. <laughs> and I believe that that deeply damaged the Christian message. Mm -hmm. Because it became about, oh, the <sighs> king or the emperor is x so therefore we're all x whatever x happens to be and the funny thing is even pre-christian rome wasn't that intense about it like they were actually pretty laissez-faire about religion for the most part hmm. like in that way they weren't all that different from the persians the Persians, for the most part, you know, further east. I just did a missions history class, so it's fresh in my mind. <laughs> uh, Whatever helps. Yeah. Like, there are so many parallels between Persia and Rome in terms of how they related with Christians. Um, now, given Persia was Zoroastrian, and I don't want to get in the weeds on that one, but... It's still essentially monotheistic, but there's a dualism there, kind of like Manichaeism. Mm -hmm. You remember about the Manichees, right? A little bit. So, Manichae, Matt Mani, actually, the founder of that stream, took, well, believed that he had had a revelation. Okay. Allah, Muhammad, only several hundred years before that. 
um, where Zoroastrianism and mostly Judaism, but some shades of Christianity were sort of melded with a Greek dualism. It's, and both of those traditions are very dualistic. Like, you have eternal good and you have eternal bad. And there's always going to be conflict between them. So which side are you going to pick, essentially? That is not what we believe as Christians. And actually, Augustine, you guys remember Augustine? Mm-hmm. Augustine was a Manichae for a little while. Um, and then realized he was never going to get the answers he was after. So he went, you know what? Nah. Because it wound up just being, like whenever he would get a chance to ask one of the higher ups serious questions, they would just feed him platitudes. Wow, that sounds familiar. Mm. When was the last time your pastor gave you a straight answer? It wasn't a, oh, God will provide, or there's a reason for your suffering. I don't know what it is, but there's a reason for it. Well, that's more honest, actually. Yeah. That's more honest. But, like, there is a, there's this, an episode or two of Little House when Mary goes blind. Right. Remember and, that? Little House on the Prairie, if everyone, no, yeah. Yeah. It, old time show, but we've been Good watching show. with our boys. <laughs> um, and, like, they've got, they got really into it, which is kind of fun. Uh, but that's beside the point. So, I think it's season seven or something. Mary goes blind. She's like 16. And Charles just about loses his mind over it. Like, he's at the church house every night praying, God, heal my daughter, you know. And the pastor kind of it, it's almost like the narrative about the birth of Samuel. Like, there's a lot of parallels. Um, where Eli's like, what's the matter? It's morning and you're babbling like you're drunk. But Charles was sitting there in the pew and just weeping. Why is my daughter going blind? You know, what any father would do. I would probably be the same. I can only imagine. Right? And at one point, Reverend Alden walks over and is like, and tries to soothe him. Which, you know, you want to do as a decent human being, as an, and you're trained to do that as a pastor. Mm-hmm. But the way he goes about it, it's just platitudes. It doesn't actually address the issue. Um, 
like, I want to scream at the screen because it's like, that's not how you do. Come on, man. Like, as a leader, you need to be able and willing to get down and dirty when somebody's hurting. And there wasn't that. So, yeah, anyway, where was I going with that? Well, again, it, it just goes, well, it goes, it goes back to, it's amazing how we can go so, uh, and wonder, we'll go through so many rabbit trails, but going back to our topic on understanding um, Christmas, uh, how it was, you know, the idea of it eventually evolved into what we know it. Uh, it just, it's just amazing how, you know, when people have questions, okay, well, why are we doing this when this doesn't parallel with the Bible? And then you have your leaders like, well, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. next question. So it's just like, you mm-hmm. don't get an actual answer. And because, because they don't know. have an answer. They don't. Why would we question? And this is what I've learned. Because uh, when I celebrate Christmas and I don't anymore because I understand the roots, I'll cherish my memories. But now that what I've learned, I've moved forward. And uh, now I know. But, but again, why, beforehand, I didn't question it. Why would I question what my parents did? Uh, then what their parents did before then, you know, it, it's not in our necessarily our nature to question what our parents did. And not unless the Holy Spirit intervenes and then uh, presses questions within us uh, as that. And that's why it's so important to grow with him. That's why when we grow, then we can see, OK, what's of him and what's of the enemy. Mm-hmm. Like the, the bottom line here, guys, is not to tell you not to celebrate. It's to let you know what the roots of it are so that you are educated and make and can make a good decision for yourself and take what we what we've given bring it to the father bring it to the father and ask okay lord is this of you or is it's not and show me what to do and you know if you're still deeply involved with your family traditions there's nothing wrong with that There's nothing wrong with that. And like I mentioned earlier, there are various Saints Days around December that you can take a look at and maybe, like, I had a great uncle who was a Lutheran pastor and his family, his side of the family, didn't do most of their gift giving on the 25th. They did it on the 6th, for St. Nicholas Day. That way, Christmas wasn't so commercial. It was more about Jesus. Mm. And I think that's, if you're going to continue the tradition, I think that's not a bad way to go. Or make, or move the gift giving to, you know, January 7th which is the Orthodox Christmas, Russian Christmas, whatever. It's the same difference. And the reason that there's that sort of time shift there is that the Orthodox didn't follow Rome when we switched over from the Julian to the Gregorian calendar back in the 16th century. So there's a 13 a 13 day difference 
Mm. You know that whole 12 Days of Christmas song? This was, yeah. It's the same thing. Mm-hmm. Again, origins. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I have a funny feeling that the 12 Days of Christmas is probably older than that, but yeah. I don't oh, yeah. Know. I probably. At, probably. Haven't looked at that. Um, but yeah, guys. Be aware of what the tree means. It's a phallus. <laughs> Uncomfortable. <laughs> I mean, but seriously though, that's that Assyrian Babylonian. Uh, I mentioned Tammuz earlier. Yeah. That's that, and mm-hmm. the myth of Tammuz is that he was killed and then brought back to life. Right. Well, more specifically, his uh, male member. Right. Which his wife <laughs> yeah. then used. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. It's really a sick, sick story. It really is. <laughs> well, yeah. But when you break down most of mythology, that's basically what it is. Uh-huh. It's all fertility it's all sex essentially yeah which is uncomfortable for us somewhat puritanical uh scions of the victorian age <laughs> uh like we need to figure out how better to address this and perhaps and actually, it's probably more likely that Jesus was born more around Rosh Hashanah. So that would be our late September-ish. Mm-hmm. Late September, early October, somewhere in there. Instead of December. Now, I mean, I've heard arguments that it could have been in December. That he was born around Hanukkah, which would also be symbolic, but... Some even believe that he was... Yeah, some even believe that he was probably born in the spring, because it's like the spring of the new year, so it's all... These are, you know, all you can do is just take what the evidence is and all that, and ask the Father, okay, Lord, show me. And it really, uh, you know, I'm trying to make a point here, but it's just... uh, uh, yes, many people have different theories or arguments based on what they understand doing their uh, historical biblical uh, study and such. And, and that's what the best we can do is just do what we can to do our study and get a better understanding of what it could be. Uh, sorry if you're hearing my cat. Um, <laughs> uh, but uh, anyway, um, I was trying to make a point here. It's amazing how you forget what I was, what you were going to say. But go for it, man. You had, we were completing your thought. So, yeah, I mean, what, when he was born doesn't really matter. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think that's what I was going. It, the thing is, it, does God even tell us to celebrate his birth? No. No. No, it, re- it really doesn't. We decided that religiously. Uh Uh-huh. Like, there aren't really any holy days that we were told to observe by Jesus. 
<laughs> like, Judaism is chock full of these sorts of dates, right? So mm -hmm. he was immersed in that. If he wanted to, he would have said, keep this calendar. But he didn't. Because he knew that he was the fulfillment. And like I said earlier, there's nothing wrong with tradition in and of itself. Traditions have meaning. They communicate narratives that are important, that help to bind society together, to bind families together. And ultimately, that's what Ecclesia is. It's family. Hmm. Anyway. We're, uh, were you doing all right? We've... Oh, just got a message from Ruth. Okay. Apparently the Rumble stream is having some issues. Okay, um, all right. Yeah. Uh, and kind of adding to uh, with what you're saying, uh, with inviting people when it comes to celebration, I mean, I would add, um, if you wanted to go the Hebrew route, um, I, I go, I sell, me and my family, we celebrate Hanukkah. Because uh, we see the the histor the history of it, and we see how God was a part of that um, of what was going on the the Hanukkah meaning the Feast of Lights. Um, but it, it, the, if you understand the history behind it, what was going on with the, another empire besides Rome, uh, the Greeks um, t uh, dominating the Israel, basically was trying to suppress their ways, the Israel the uh, Jews' ways, um, defiled the temple defiled it completely and then finally uh the uh, the high priest um stood up against it um they uh those who were for who were zealous for the uh the lord uh fled to the hills um and uh and then they continued to revolt rev um fight back against the uh, the, the greeks because and, and majority of the battles that they won uh that they fought they won and the thing is they shouldn't have Greeks, if you know, if anyone if any has a basic basic understanding of the uh, the the Greek uh, uh, soldiers, they were ruthless. They oh, were yeah. ruthless. They just strategic. If you heard the Spartans, they were. I mean, come on, they were. These were like ruthless warriors, fierce, and they had everything. They had the they had the strength, the endurance. They worked together, and then you got a small group of Jews that pretty much had nothing but zealous for the law of God and they fought back and they won majority. Now, they had their losses but majority of the battles that they fought, they won. And they didn't win and, they, and, I, and the reason why I say it, they didn't win by their strength. I truly believe God was a part of it because there's no way that a group of Jews could fight against these uh, soldiers. They should have been massacred but they weren't. And then they finally returned to the temple, mourned over it to see how defiled it was was that they had to tear it down and rebuild it mm -hmm. replace everything especially the menorah everything any, any the, the 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 um uh the, the, any other art um dishes or anything anything that they used in the temple they had to replace everything remake everything um and then once everything was remade and, f and finished a celebration has started now again there are things that were legends based on legends and all that um 
but uh, the the whole point of the the story is that God was a part of it. And even if you really do the research, you'll see how it parallels with the end times. King Antiochus IV declared himself as a god. What is mm-hmm. the Antichrist supposed to do? Declare himself as a god and seat make a seat upon the temple, the third temple that we made. He made a seat of Zeus in the temple of of God. So there's parallels. And then the people who were still for, for the father were not um, uh, fooled or, you know, tricked into following the Greeks. They were they fled to the hilltops. That's what it mentions in Revelation, that we will be fleeing to the hilltops, the, the remnant. So there's parallels there. So it just shows you how bad it was then. How bad will it be then? Uh, when, uh, in in these in these end times, but it gives you that parallel, that story. So it so it it inspires us to continue, uh, keep on the narrow path, continuing following God. I don't. It, it no matter the squalls, no matter the trials, we per, we uh, pursue, we overcome, we persevere, and that's the whole point of reflecting on this holiday. It's not the Jewish Christmas, no. It's much more important than that because if you really think about it, if we didn't, uh, let's say if the Jews were massacred, um, in a human mindset, there's no way that the Messiah could enter. God would have mm-hmm. his way, no matter what. Jesus said, if you don't praise my name, then surely the rocks will cry out. So there's no, it's not limiting God. But let's just think about the, think of it human like. If the Jews were massacred, there's, there would be probably no way to bring the Messiah forth. And yet, yeah. So and again, our Messiah. Even though, like the, um, Matt said, that you know, Jesus, this is was his life. This is what you know, accustomed to. Uh, they, you know, they were celebrating the Feast of Lights. So it, it, it's, it just shows you that it wasn't a legend. This was historical. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, and you know, like Caleb said, it's not about choosing to observe Hanukkah instead. That's not the point. The point no. is understanding where these traditions came from. Exactly. And de- and deciding for yourself, using your own discernment to decide, wait a minute. Is this really something, is this a way that I want to continue? Or is there something that I need to adjust? to tweak so that it's not such a, you know, say it, so that it doesn't offend your conscience. If it doesn't, Mm -hmm. if it doesn't offend your conscience, fine. Continue as you are. Um, And we're not saying it should offend your conscience. We're just trying to get, bring awareness. And a lot of where I got my information from was iPod, 1776. Um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with him. He's very sarcastic, but in his, in his more documentary sort of pieces, he does a lot of really close research and brings in a lot of really interesting perspectives that will probably challenge you. Um, so if you want more in depth on 
Saturnalia on uh, all this stuff. I'll put links in the description for those videos, for his, uh, at least for the first of his ones about Saturnalia. I think it's called, I think the series is called Pop or something like that. Anyway, it's like four or five hour long shows. Like he really did a super deep dive. <clears throat> um, and breaks down how most of modern culture, modern Western culture is more pagan than Christian. Mm. Unfortunately. Uh, my, a lot of my references were from like um, messianic uh, preachers because they would g give you a bit understanding of okay, what, what this is about, um, how it entered. So um, Michael Rood, uh, some, uh, I'm gonna say Jonathan Kahn, all these guys, they'll show you how, yeah, these are, these are not really of the father guys. So really ask yourself, we, now, and then we're showing this to you. Now you have to ask yourself, okay, I know you're doing this for him or for uh, you yourself. Also, mm -hmm. think about this. And last thing I'll, I'll say about the what was it in, uh, in scripture? What was it? I, I always get confused. Is it in Leviticus or um, Numbers where it talks about how God tells you do not learn the ways that the pagans worship their gods and put it in and and. Uh, I declare and, and use that to worship me. I want nothing to do with it. It's an abomination. So also think about that too. It's important that we ask ourselves, okay, what are we taking that is of, you know, the nations, if you will, the the origins and celebrating this, okay, and keeping that in scripture in mind. Mm-hmm. My cat is just wanting attention. I'm sorry. <laughs> She's like, attention, human. <laughs> but yes. The... Sorry, folks. <laughs> <laughs> just be aware of where yeah. these things came from and what they mean and what you desire them to mean because humans repurpose things. That's just what we do. Mm -hmm. So maybe this discussion of roots really doesn't matter that much. Maybe. But being aware of where things came from, I think is always important. Yeah. Because if we don't know where we came from, we can't know where we're going. Right. To a certain extent. Yeah. I'll, I'll never forget what this one teacher said. Um, Really, you probably as he was giving all these facts, he said, um, and I bet you're already asking this question or just giving this statement, guys. But so and so, that's not what it means to me. And I and does God ever care about what we what it means to us? Who's being worshipped? Exactly. So that's that's what I'll say. But yeah, if we if we are followers of truth, it's important that we understand the truth mm -hmm. we don't want to be those people that you know that don't understand origins or the facts of of, of nature because so again we want to be we uh, what is what what was it that paul encouraged be prepared to give a statement be prepared all the time it, it was that paul 
I'm mm-hmm. probably getting confused with uh, Muppets, but uh, something about, you know, always be prepared. No, that's, Peter. that's Peter. Excuse me. One of the, one of the, uh, so basically, it, you know, one of our leaders, Peter, now that I think about all of them, his, uh, yeah, first but they, Timothy, uh, and then in, I think, first Peter, there's that similar idea of right. always be prepared to give an answer Sir. for the hope you have. Right, 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 right. Why do you believe what you believe? Right. And that's what we're trying to get uh, get through. It's you know we want to be uh, people that bring that light, bring that truth, not wishy washy things uh, that uh, that have no um, uh, foot to stand. I'm not saying it right, but they have no um, you, that you're not your foot is not sitting on sinking sand. You got no mm-hmm. ground to stand on. That's what I'm trying to say. Now your foot is firmly your feet, not just the one foot. You want both feet standing on firm ground here. Absolutely. Tell me this girl. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's all about how this hits your spirit how your conscience responds to this and if like I said if it doesn't bother you then continue knowing this and just be aware that's all we want not to burn down, you know, a thousand years of tradition in Europe. That's not the point here. And, you know, St. Nicholas was real. Santa was not. (laughs) Just being clear. And it's about being cognizant of all of these things. You know, the jolly fat man in the in the red velvet suit. No. Actually, St. Nicholas, uh, pardon my French in, in advance, uh, but uh, was kind of a badass. Like, this dude was a 4th century bishop around the Council of, no- of Nicaea. In fact, he was one of the detractors from Nicaea and did actually help the poor. So that memory is accurate. That memory is accurate. Um, but we need to be careful we can't afford to sit there and we can't like if we're going to be serious